Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This is Melina Lee Williams Haas. I deeply appreciate you listening and taking the time to hang out with me. I will be addressing issues of life, the universe, and everything that are often bogged down and mired in shame and grief, and talk about how they can be repackaged to be useful and gorgeous and fucking awesome for you. So sit back and relax, or you know what? Sit up and freak out. However, you prefer to listen. Let's go. Hey, this is part two, and if you have not listened to part one, stop right now! Turn around, bright eyes. Go back and listen to the the previous episode, because otherwise you're jumping in the middle and you're going to miss out on the critical shit. So go back. You know I love you. We'll still be here for you. But please do listen to the previous episode. The concept of a safe word in... The 70s could have gotten her left out of a public dungeon. You let your slave do what? Who's in charge of the scene? Her or you? And since I'm in charge of that scene, it is my responsibility exactly. to know. Uh, that's what I was taught, yes. to know what is happening. Well, see, but this is very different than what you have now. You have a shell of what you're talking about which is it's your responsibility. How could you possibly let your slave da 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 without the part that you have ingrained within you, which is it is 100% your responsibility to take that plane from takeoff to landing smoothly. Yes, absolutely. And pull it up to the gate. Versus being like, well, we had a rough landing, but the FAs didn't put the tray tables away. Therefore, like, that's what you're talking about. Yeah. It's so fascinating to which, me. Which, which brings us to Vi's book. Don't try this at home, boys you and know, girls. The one, her book on, uh, that she wrote, her diary, her journal. Yeah. There were things because how did Vi become someone else's property? At some point, my head went into, I love this woman so much. How can I do these things? I must find someone to fulfill that for her who will do and take care of her the way I will. That's yes. my property. You don't tear up your property. I don't know about some people, but hey, if I work hard for my property, I am not going to tear, tear it up. I'm going to take care of it if I want to keep my property. Yes. All right? So... There are things that occurred in the book that Biden shoot. And we have agreed. People ask me, what did you think of her book? I would tell them I've She's read never it. read it. I've never read it because I would go after the people because I know who they are. 25 years later, she'd blow her stack. I would go after them. I would have your back. I would have the clip loaded and ready for you. I would go after him. How dare them? You were entrusted with my property. So, yeah. So we've agreed that it's better that I don't read the book. 
Or the original journal, the one that you have laying there. She could have looked through it at any time. At a certain point, she chose not to, and I was entirely grateful because the flip side of the story she's telling is that my fear of failure is enormous. I don't know anything about that. What a yeah, crazy concept. Like, like I said, <laughs> Jill, our love child, my fear of dishonor and dishonoring her is even greater. So what do you mean you can't accomplish? Well, there's 24 hours in a day I've checked. I'm supposed to be sleeping for at least four of them. The list still has to get, the shit still has to get done. So we bypass the bodily needs to make sure the shit gets done. Mostly because the one time I went help, I got pretty much sent to purgatory for asking for help. So shit had to get done. I got it done. And there are a lot of stories like that, that she saw the end result of. She had no idea how it happened. The dungeons got built. That's a, and they were beautiful and they had her crest and that's all she knew. What it took to build it was a whole different story. Now, there was a couple incidents where she had to mail something to this mistress. She mailed it package didn't get there. They were upset. Her owner was upset. Okay. She knew she mailed it. Mailed it again. Package didn't get there. Twice. Third time, I mailed it. And when the mistress called to rip by a new asshole, I said, wait a minute. You are going to have to punish me because I mailed it. And she's like, oh. I said, I take full responsibility for my slave's actions. If she failed, then I'm the one. I'm responsible. There was one time where your mistress didn't know I was home. Didn't know I was home. (laughs) And she came in there and went off in a way. I thought all I know was that I was in there on her, grabbed her and threw her down before she knew whatever hit her. It's like, oh, no, how dare you? You're not going to act and treat her this way. So that is to reinforce that she knows I will do it. I will go after me. Whoever put her in a position that was unrealistic, was not caring, that was not taking care of my property, you'll leave it at that. I went there, didn't Because my face just went off, my eyes just went off, where I see them, and I'm just like, yeah. I know that everyone listening to this will sit here with their heart just swelling because this is the protection that we crave. This is the aspect of slavery and submission that I think so many dominants miss, which is the need to feel safe and the need to feel that our dominant has our back. And every time, like, I've had to basically say to Georg, we don't need to fight all the racism, sir. 
<laughs> Let that knight go and tilt his lance and bore anybody that dares to harm you. You know, let him. Hell yeah. It's, I'm with, I'm with let him. The bloodied lance is a symbol of that protection. Let him, Gorham. I mean, and part of that, of course, is back to my own. Am I worth someone else taking time or trouble or putting themselves in a potentially risky situation? And of course, I always default to no because that's not what I want to do. I'm like, I don't want to be trouble. I don't want to have someone. You are to... trouble. He's protecting you so that you can take care of him. Correct. At all times, he is protecting you so that you can continue to serve him, mind, body, spirit, and soul. So I'm with by letting. And then we come back to the pearl of great price. There is a reason that both Leviticus and Numbers, I think, I'd have to look up the verses, Talk about a slave of love and the jewel that goes in the ear to declare to the world, the person by my side is there because they've chosen it. Can I tell you, sorry, sidebar. So one of my, I have a dear friend who is a rabbi. And when I first told her that Georg and I were having our collaring ceremony, she said, well, if this relationship lasts for 70 years, you know that there's a whole ritual that you guys can do. And I will certainly, <laughs> like, she was like, right ready to, to she's, ear. this bitch is ready to nail my ear to the door. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yes. She was like so yes. excited. She was like, okay. And I was like, all right, okay. So actually this is on deck. And I was like, maybe for like our 10th anniversary, that would be, you know, I know in the Bible it's like seven, but I was like, ah, no. Now we're at eight, it's sort of whatever. But I love the fact that this is codified. The symbolism of that people tend to forget because, yes, it is the jewel. It is the most expensive thing that owner can afford. One, because the value of the jewel shows the value of the person wearing it. But it also tells the world, you see how precious that is? That's mine. That right there, that's mine. And it's mine because of a choice that was made. But the blood on the doorpost is, to me, the more important. Because the symbolism of your blood now running with mine is more potent than the jewel, than anything, because now our blood is one. We are joined in ways that God has blessed and the choice of a slave who serves by choice is so precious, it's talked about twice in the Old Testament, twice. I ran into a Texas senator and mouthed off at him. And we had a little run in at an airport. And the conversation started with Mr. Silk Suit with your cotton and I, the Bible sanctifies my relationship. You'd be stoned just for what you're wearing. And let's not discuss your second divorce. Especially since it was because you were committing adultery against the first wife. So don't throw the Bible at me. Wrong one. <laughs> I was about to say that was a Wrong poor choice. Wrong one. <laughs> Oops. Strong choice? Wrong choice. <laughs> said, My relationship is blessed twice by God. How about you? And this, well, this also brings... I was about to say, I was like, we're almost at an hour, if you can believe it. I'm stunned that himself has not peeked his little head in, but 
I think, well, the thing is that, like, with two black women, he's on the edge. With three, I'm like, I'm so easily gonna be just like, I'm not fucking with that. Because the flip side of that is the rooster in the hen house. Excuse me. <laughs> Pardon me? Yeah. He is the most respectful rooster, though. You probably won't even know he's staring at your boobs. <laughs> <laughs> And so I wanted to bring it back around to when you joined us. And I'm so grateful that this took long enough that you were able to come and join us because holy shit. One of the things that I discovered about myself in coming out to my family was that it was really great to have my mother say to me, I love you no matter what. That was very nice. When we shot the documentary, The Artist and the Pervert, and she consented to be interviewed and then disconsented to answer 75% of the questions that they had for her. <laughs> and I was like, okay, this is okay. But one of the things she said, and I didn't realize until later, but it broke my heart, is that she said, I love my daughter unconditionally, no matter what she does. Her life is not the path I would have chosen for her, but she seems happy and I love Georg and et cetera. And I was like, oh, that's lovely. And then like, but there was like a little pin in it. There was like a little part of it that like, I was like, why am I, why is this bothering me? And I finally came upon the realization that that's great. I mean, there's a very beautiful reality to the fact that love is unconditional, but I want to be celebrated. I want someone to not say I love you despite who you are. I want to be loved because of because of who you are. I, I can only say that Bai's mother was. She knew we were in the scene. As a matter of fact, there were times when my slaves would come over and she needed the place clean, and I would say to her, now, "Here's the riding crop. <laughs> now, what you <laughs> got to do with, with my aunt, by the way? What you got to do?" is that when he starts to slow down, you got to put him in the shower, pour in the cold, cold water, and then smack him with this. She did. And she did. She <laughs> so she was down. Yes. She yeah. also was my dominant secretary. What? She spent about a year. Right after she retired, she needed something to do before she opened the travel agency. She was Catherine's secretary. Oh, my God. Reading the mail, sorting the mail, telling me which ones I had to answer. <laughs> well, then I guess this explains why you have the room and energy to be the parental figures for the rest of us. Because for those example. of us who need that extra little note of, I see you and I love you from this position because of who you are. Yes. This is the deepest gratitude that I can have because there's so much in my life where I felt detachment from other black people for various reasons. Oftentimes because I quote unquote spoke like a white girl, oftentimes because there were just people who did not appreciate my weirdness, oftentimes because I was openly as a freak. And there were plenty of yeah. other girls in the hood who were like, look at this little freak, look at this little bitch, who the fuck oh, she thinks she is yep. out here, like talking about sucking dick and getting her ass ate, who the fuck, what the hell? And I was like, but getting your ass ate is awesome. <laughs> Actually, the correct question would have been <laughs> jealous. <laughs> and so to come into a community where there were so few of us and then to have this 
history that had been laid in front of me that looked like me was vital and critical and unmissable for my development. I can guarantee you I would not be sitting here having this conversation now if I had not taken to heart the fact that seeing you guys let me know that there was a future. And being so damned proud of you. Yeah. So very proud yeah, of you. Yeah, every time the brothers or the sisters stepped up, you know, we were cheering for you. All the way. All the way. I can't. Yeah. Yeah. Because when we were out, we were very, first of all, we were unique because we were two black women. Yes. My God, yes. And two black women who were articulate. Two black women had taste in class, could carry themselves, and walked into different circles with confidence. We did not look around and say, damn, we're the only black people. We often said, damn, we're the only women here that are We were fortunate to have walked the heterosexual, the gay male, the gay women, SNM, and finding them. Mm-hmm. And, and just being welcome to their parties and things. They were like, you're invited, yeah. you know, to play and to enjoy people. I, it, it, yeah, it was, it was an experience, but again, for it was just by myself and Mary. In terms of women, yeah. And That's Martha Gibb, and I wish I had gotten to really know her. She had already, she was in the process of moving from Chicago to Florida, and she basically just disappeared. A very well-known Black, serious femdom in the 70s in Chicago. And it was often joked, because I've gotten to know a lot of her slaves over the years, that she was 60% therapist and only Uh. 40% dominant. Mm. Because most of them found catharsis, not just in, in the scene, but also just in her presence. There were other Black folk that were playing the kinky game like they were. And a lot of her clients were Black. And that, to me, is so fucking gorgeous. That's fucking dope. Because we're still fighting the fight to try to get us the information and the freedom. And it's changing so much. There's so many more African-American and Black educators and doctors. And there's a whole women of color sexual health network with all these women who look like us with letters after their name out here, like doing the shit. And I've seen that just in the past 25 years. Yeah. I, I will close with an interesting story. Seven years ago, because we haven't had an MSC in three, we were at a hotel that had a balcony around the lobby of the main area where we were going into ballrooms. And I was standing on the balcony looking down and mason one of one of my sons came up and said mommy you were right i didn't realize i was crying and he said what's wrong and i said 
nothing. I just realized something is very right. I looked down at a group of about a hundred people milling around in their beauty, waiting to go for the doors open to go into dinner. And I was looking down at more brown faces in one place than I saw in the first 20 years Jill and I were out. Yes. And it was in that moment that I let go. I didn't have to carry that torch. I didn't have to hold it. I didn't have to worry about the weight of it. I didn't have to be the banner carrier because the people that I carried it for, I was looking down at. And it was your turn now. And you will never be as lonely as I was. Your job is to teach, not to be that banner carrier. You don't have to. Now teach, now protect, now be the one that others look up to. Thank you. And the keeper, this is not what we set out to do. It's what fate intended us to do. It was but what I had said to buy is you go in my name. You go and serve the community. You will be out there. For a long time, people didn't know. They was like, you just don't want to have, you, you don't want to play. You, you don't have a mistress. Because I wasn't visible. They didn't really see me, much of me, until 1996. Yeah. And they're like, whoa, we thought you were this giant person. <laughs> we, but Well, you are. <laughs> All I know is that one day she saw stuff that was being thrown out. And she said to me, look at this. We gotta keep it, we gotta preserve it. And I'm like, okay, okay, yeah. And every time we moved, it was more preserving. I didn't realize <laughs> boxes that she really hit this stuff. Until one day it was out and I came home and fell and stumbled over it. And I'm like, where did all this stuff come from? <laughs> and she had begun to collect all this stuff and to preserve it for the future. And I'm still astounded by the collection that we have here. One, one final note, Rick. Newton Treadway. Hooker. Yes, yes. Uh, Hooker said one day in front of a very large group of people that the reason this library has seven annexes is so that Jill doesn't know how much of this she owns. <laughs> She's right. <laughs> yeah. And every time we moved, we, there was a bigger van. I mean, the company had to get bigger vans to move my stuff. And I'm like, what <laughs> happened? Yeah, yes, it was. But... Wow, what a collection. It is not only amazing, but it's alive. And that's what yes. is so yes. remarkable, is that it is alive. And at first I thought to myself, how could you just have all this stuff all over the place? And I'm like, because that's how it needs to be. It needs room to breathe. It needs to be accessible. And you have really created that. And so I, on behalf of everybody, say thank you for the sacrifices that you make in order to continue to have this be available 
for me and for everyone else and for anyone else, really. And this is the thing, you have created a truly democratic museum. If it's not ongoing, Mo, it's not a library anymore. It becomes dead things. If it is not, well, I'm going home to grandmoms. Grandmom just happens to be as kinky as old pubic hair. <laughs> and uh, have two and a half houses full of books and a meditation center. So which grandmom you go, oh yeah, well, I'm going home to grandmom. I'm sorry, I'm still stuck. I'm I'm going home to grandmom's where you can take your shoes off. You can go to the fridge, grab a bottle of water, curl up in a chair in the rare book room and read until you fall asleep. I will tiptoe in, cover you up with a blanket leave you there until morning or when you wake up go kid awake yet yeah oh, here's your breakfast go back to reading <laughs> it has to be a living thing we won't be around forever you'll still be adding to it your leather children will be adding to it your kinky great-grandchildren will be adding to it and passing it off to another generation that's what it's supposed to be thank you well I, for one, want to thank you for coming. I was like, I'm not sure she's going to make it. (laughs) But when I heard you were here, I was just so delighted. And it has been an absolute pleasure. Those who come here know, you don't see me. (laughs) You see me once, and then I'm gone. And that's the truth. That's how I am. But I've really enjoyed it. I rushed down to to do this. I was like, have they left? I hope they haven't left. I'm rushing. I've really had pleasure talking. I'm so, I'm so, so, so happy. Thank you. Thank you. Oh my gosh. No, I'm all theory. I, my uh, professor keeps peeking his little head in. So I know. I know he's ready to go, but he also, as I said, he gave the nod. So he's obviously like, Shit is going down. Let me just take my little pail behind. <laughs> he wanted to have a talk with Mother Tree. So us I'm talking sure. to each other gave him that opportunity. Yes. So. Yes. And we have to come back because I have to, We. I'm going to try to get that thing that I talked to you about from Europe here to you by this winter. I would love to have you. Because really? I think that would be awesome. So thank you. Don't say that much to a lot of people. And she'll attest that. (laughs) Yes. Thank you. Love to have you and your son. Thank you. You've been listening to All That and Mo. Thanks so much for spending your precious, precious time with me today. My podcast is produced by Cody Crabb. Theme music by Georg Friedrich Haas, as performed by Marcus Weiss. And I look forward to spending time with you again really soon.